What are you choosing to create in your life? Are you doing it with awareness? And are you doing it with strength? Are you doing it through fear? And are you possibly doing it because it's something you love? Welcome to the Mindset Alchemy podcast, where we look at the way words, thoughts, feelings, and our surroundings impact us, work with us, and work against us. Looking forward to having you join me. Let's get on with it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I'm Janine, and it is such a pleasure to welcome Ali Henry to our podcast, The Mindset Alchemy. Ali, thank you so much for making time to be with us today. I so, so appreciate you. Ali, please can you share a little bit about who you are and how you got into the coaching world? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's lovely to be here in your space. So I am the Education Director for Europe for Radiant Coaches Academy, which is uh, based in Nashville in America. I'm based in the UK, Brighton on the coast, and I trained during lockdown with them. Um, I was at the time, I've been a corporate trainer um, working in equality, diversity and inclusion, leadership and management training, and I've been doing that for 20 years. And like a lot of us, when lockdown happened, work just stopped. So I was looking at what was available to me um, because at the time I was going out and delivering live training up and down the country and abroad to groups of people. So it wasn't really possible in in lockdown times. Um, Eventually, the organisation I was freelancing for did go on to delivering training on Zoom. um, But I had four or five months of panic stations. (laughs) Now, I'd had my own coach um, a fair few years earlier when I'd gone freelance and had absolutely loved how she worked. So I got back in touch with her and talked to her about her procedure and process. And she'd said, start with ICF. So I'd gone to ICF and the way my brain works, it's it's quite forensic. So I'd gone onto their website. I was clear on the parameters that I wanted. I wanted something that was couched in spirituality. It was couched in business. It was inclusive. And so I looked at hundreds, as you know, there's there's hundreds of ICF um, accredited organizations nobbled it down to three, met the three um, uh, heads of each of those organisations. And as soon as I met Des from Radiant Coaches Academy, I was like, yes, this is the fit. Mm. So I trained with them because it was lockdown. I did it over five months, which is super quick, Mm. um, and just got involved. And I'm now uh, working on my PCC. So more than 500 hours at the moment, absolutely loving it, absorbed. And one of the things that I was asked on my training is what would you like to talk about for 24 hours you know to help us tune into what our niche would be and I was like man that is relationships so I did subsidiary courses around relationships um, and I'm I'm now a holistic relationship coach working in the queer community um, with women and trans and non-binary inclusive um, and absolutely loving it as well as now doing some training and teaching and um, syllabus for Radiant Coaches Academy. So it's all come into one big, beautiful, uh, you know, way of being my purpose. It's absolutely great. It is so powerful. You covered like almost an entire lifetime in a few seconds there. That was so powerful. By, by the way, I'm looking at Ellie's pillows behind her. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're like a tree of life. It's 
absolutely I've got one for every season actually there's and there's a bonus one with hearts and birds all over it so yeah I love nature um I've got a big uh painting behind me that says trust your path where I live in Brighton there's a real sharing community people put things on the street um it's like one big yard sale and this this painting behind is of trees um and a path and during lockdown you know obviously not much to do my daughter and I we were in the garden and we were spray painting it and, and put all these kind of designs on it and I put the words trust your path which seems so apt in terms of what everybody was going through at that time and how it you know helped me get to where I am now in terms of my coaching practice and my coaching business I do still do corporate training um what how I've blended the two on that front is I now work as a consultant for wellness industries around diversity and inclusion, because one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there are a lot, there is a lot of exclusivity within mm -hmm. the wellness practice. And I was really aware of this. Um, and one of the reasons that I chose to train where I trained was because of their inclusive practices, mm -hmm. not just talking about them, uh, but actually living them and showing them and breathing them. So I've been able to blend those two. And that's been a really interesting journey because you would think that an organization focused or a, a, a genre <laughs> focused around wellness, well-being, health, spiritual, physical, mental would uh, have its ducks in order when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And that certainly hasn't been the case um, so far as I've been you know, working with other organizations. That is so interesting. I find many are unaware of it more than they are resistant to it they just it hasn't entered their paradigm and I, I love what you were saying about how you connect with nature because nature is very inclusive <laughs> nature is very very inclusive about life what has been the primary thing you have noticed about I hesitate to use the word exclusivity and yet um, that is what is coming through what is the primary challenge that you encounter and what do you do as the first step towards um, rectifying that? Um, it's interesting you said, you know, people aren't aware of what they're doing and they don't mean to do it. And I think that's at the start of all training. It has to be raising that awareness because nobody gets to decide what is the most important um, protected characteristic. What's the most important topic that we need to be focusing on? There isn't um, a there shouldn't be a grading of discrimination. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I will do is I will look at how are you meeting your clients? Mm -hmm. What does your website say? What in language are you using? Um, how are you showing me that you welcome everyone? Do you have any practices to encourage underrepresented groups? Are you aware that actually it's a luxury item, let's face it, to be able to do this is a luxury item. So point of fact, you are excluding people who may fall into certain categories. If you are unaware of that, you don't need to know all the statistics about how you know we are set up inherently um, mm -hmm. to discriminate, marginalize, put certain groups above others because of how society is made up. Mm -hmm. um, then you, I need to be talking to you about how how that comes across um, and. It's it, so the starting point really is me seeing how are you meeting your customer? What are you aware of or unaware of? 
And how far do you want to go? Because a three hour training session ain't going to cut it. <laughs> it's not going to do it. Not for anything. Are you doing it because you are seeing yourself as some kind of rescuer? And if you're doing that, you're automatically putting yourself as uh, as the as the higher um, level. So I want to know that you're going to go in and meet your clients at the level that is appropriate and fair for all. Oh, I don't know if that makes sense. Makes absolute sense. And now my brain is going in 10 different directions to ask about 40 million questions. So <laughs> the most important. Brilliant. I love it when a question generates hundreds more questions. Yeah, it's like, wow, where do I start here? I feel, especially coming from where I come from, um, uh, marginalize, marginalization seems to be inbuilt in the human psyche in a lot of ways. What work have you done to work through this? The where you may feel that you marginal marginalizing others and where you feel marginalized. Because that's how we connected besides radiant coaching uh, was through the, the precept and the concept and the practice of journaling. What have you done to help yourself accept yourself and to help others accept yourself? Yeah, I love that. I Yeah, I had a white South African girlfriend for six years and we spent some time traveling um, through, through South Africa, going from, from top to bottom. And so I really had a sense of a different culture and a different background and different experiences and how those views came out in language and behavior. So, you know, I did, I had that experience. Um, in terms of the work that I do, I'm a massive reader. I will read diverse authors. That's something that I actively do. And it um, is, and I also, who I follow. So who's in my stream, you know, who is in my mm -hmm. Instagram stream. So I make sure that I am looking at authors who are uh, people of color, um, from uh, other cultural uh, minority groups. I will read um, about people who have differing abilities. Those, those are the two main areas that I tend to focus on. Um, I will also look at obviously the LGBTQIA plus community, particularly around trans issues where there's a lot of discrimination at the moment and also non-binary issues. Mm -hmm. So that's where my reading and my brain takes me. Um, I'm reading a fantastic book at the moment, which is really heavy going called The Good Ally. Oh. And it's written, uh, we can put all of these in, in the show notes. Please, I would appreciate it. Yeah. So, so she is a black British um, uh, practitioner mm -hmm. who talks about how individuals can, you know, work through their, their discrimination. And it's really hard reading. I also read a book about uh, culture by Arcala. I've also read the um, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race and various other books, which I will put into, into the, you know, the, the show notes. Please. I also recently read Unabound by Tara Burke, Burke, which is an amazing book, and Bernadine Everista Manifesto. So they tend to be British authors. Mm -hmm. uh, they tend to have, they will have a, a different experience from me. And what, what I find works for me is to reframe my past because I grew up in a small village in the south of England and there was no ethnic diversity at all apart from restaurants that were serving food that wasn't British food 
So that was my only experience at school. I didn't experience any ethnic diversity. So when I read about people's experiences in the UK, we who are a similar age to me, you know, I'm 53, we grew up in a completely different world. Mm-hmm. And shame, shame will also will of course come up and shame shuts down mm-hmm. growth. Yes, the way does. that shame can be um worked through is to give it airtime. So I do journal around my privilege. Let's face it, racism only exists because there is white supremacy. And so when I can get a handle on that, when I can explore more about my place in racism and I can look at what I can do, not as a rescuer, but as an ally, then I'm in a good place for providing a service for my customers, for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I talk about is I, when I'm doing, for example, I do a weekly relationship room. I write for Diva Magazine. I'm their relationship coach, um, relationship journalist, and I run a, a relationship room. It's on Diva Magazine's Instagram account, mm-hmm. and it's every Monday, 7.30 UK time. And I, I talk to loads of different professionals in the lgbtqia plus community and our allies Mm -hmm. and what i always say at the beginning is where i'm operating from so i will talk about the fact that i'm interviewing you i'm interested in your story and i have my own filters i am cis you know my gender and my sex are both woman female i am white i am in my 50s i don't have any disabilities So those things are my filters. Mm -hmm. And so I put that front and center of my conversations and I invite people to challenge language that is exclusive. You know, I, because Mm -hmm. like I said, I was doing diversity training for 20 odd years. I've, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of microaggressions Mm -hmm. Um, and the book that I quoted earlier, you know, I'm, I'm in the section where she's talking about microaggressions and this Mm -hmm. is, fundamental that we get a handle on those small insidious throwaway comments that we kind of if we tune into our bodies because that's what we do as practitioners we go actually there was a shift in my body there that's where our emotions start right they start in Mm -hmm. our bodies and then our brain Mm -hmm. goes oh let me make sense of that that, if we can be Mm. more tuned in to our bodies and go what what happened there that was clunky then we have an opportunity to circle back, to ask questions with compassion and humility and find out how we can move through our own prejudices because I have prejudice. Yeah. We all have prejudice. Yeah, prejudging. So interesting you mentioned that about the body because um, one of the things I work with is what is your body telling you? And listening to a podcast this morning, they were talking about the minute there's tension in the body, there's a fear there's a judgment and there's a feeling of being unsupported. So I love that you bring that forward because that is, um, it's one of my things that people are unaware of their bodies. They forget that their bodies speak to them. So let's circle back. I love what you're saying there. So let's circle back to the journaling. How has this helped you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you said about the body work, we're we're so outward facing as humans, it's all visual, it's all on social media. So to bring it back into our own presence, our own sense of self, we've absolutely lost that. And I think um, practitioners like you and I, where we take that holistic approach, we are bringing people back into their bodies. And that's fundamental. 
So with journaling, I love journaling because it is holistic. It's mind, body and spirituality. It uses your mind. You are using your hand. You're using a, a practice. You know, if you're writing for journaling, there are different types of journaling. So if writing is not your thing, I've just written a blog, actually, which will be up in the next few weeks for Radio Coaches Academy about journaling. And there's I talked to somebody um, uh, who, who, who describes mental journaling, mm -hmm. which is great. You can do voice note journaling. You can uh, do. Yeah, you can do different types of journaling if writing is not your thing. And I think it's important for us as practitioners to not be pushing our own practices on others, as you know we can extol the virtues of journaling for ourselves. I've, I've been journaling since teenage, mm -hmm. you know, the old days where you were, you called it a diary. Yes. And it had a little lock yes. on it. And it was it was usually pink. So boys don't journal. Uh, and I think that's, <laughs> that's changed over the years. And what I've noticed mm -hmm. is things like online blogs have brought journaling into the fore because of course, traditional journaling isn't for anyone to read, it is for you. Whereas blogs are, are, yes, your personal journey. And we know that there's people who are going to read it. Yeah. I think what it did, though, is it widened out the possibility of it. So I, I absolutely love journaling. I've just written, read this brilliant book by Tristine Rayner called The New Diary. And she talks about different modes of expression. So there's the catharsis, where you express and release emotions. There's description, which is about conveying um information using all our senses so describing a situation she uses free intuitive which is of course the morning pages idea uh, those of us so during lockdown I work I did the um, artist's way Peace. which is by Julia Cameron which mm -hmm. is a, an absolutely amazing resource of a it lets creativity flow and certainly for me I got half a memoir out of it <laughs> because I was working for 12 weeks well under done. Yeah, under the sort of umbrella of the artist's way. And Tristine Rayner also talks about reflection. So, you know, giving space, space to stand back and look for patterns. I think with journaling, one of the things to think about is what's it for? So you and I had a conversation before and you talked about how you use it in your practice, which is mm -hmm. just wonderful how, how it helps you look at what do I need to bring my client? And I think that's a great question. That really struck me. Some of us, it's to process uh, relationships that's what I use so I've got three books I have one book that is to process relationships that's very much on the catharsis uh, mm -hmm. and the description side of things I also have one that I use for business so it's lists it's spider diagrams it's thoughts hopes dreams desires and I also have one which is an open letter to my daughter which one day she will get so you can choose what you want to use it for some of us write dialogue we write a conversation that should have happened or we write a conversation that we are preparing for you might write a letter to somebody that you'll never end up sending but again it's cathartic to write that letter you can do lists you can do pros and cons you can do those mind map spider spider gut diagrams and some people have got these you know Dream diaries are a great way of looking for patterns. And if you have, if you write down your dreams and then you also write down what's going on in your life, the great thing about a diary is you can look back on it. So you can go, actually, when I dream this kind of thing, this is what tends to be happening around me. Amazing that you can look for those patterns. It's, it's brilliant. Um, so don't get stuck 
with having to do the handwriting. You can allocate a space and time every day or every couple of days to just center yourself and do some thought journaling. Um, I love what James Clear says in Atomic Habits. He, he talks about managers who use a decision journal. Mm-hmm. This is where they record their decisions, crucially why they made them and what the expected, expected outcomes were. So that again, these managers can look back at what worked and what didn't. They can understand and unpack their patterns, which is what we do as coaches. It's so if and you can't afford a coach, go down the pound shop, buy yourself a book, and get journaling people if that feels right for you. Yes, I love that you added that um, because I, I know many people have a resistance to journaling. They think it's that dear diary perspective. And those spidergrams you're talking about, they are so powerful because they bullet points. I love just putting words. Yeah. <laughs> and some I, are- I ask my clients, you know, they when my clients come to me, they fill out a form and it talks about their practices. And sometimes they'll say that they are journalists and sometimes they'll say they want to get into journaling. And if they say they want to get into journaling, I ask them what the blocks are. Mm. And this thing, the, the main things that come up are somebody will read it, but I don't want yes. to read it. Mm-hmm. I will um, not do it right. So there's this kind of fear of failure or I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So through our conversations, we can work through those blocks and see how can you mitigate for them? Are the blocks big enough to not do it? If you've written on a form to me that you want to get into journaling, that's a pretty good sign mm-hmm. that we can look at those blocks in a healthy way and see where you can make provision for those and, and try it. You know, the other thing is how you stick it onto how you create that routine. That's the other thing. People are like, well, I want to do it every day. And, oh, I haven't done it today and I've ruined it. So I'm not going to do it ever again. And so it's how we forgive ourselves when we don't do that massive expectation, probably too much of an expectation at the beginning. Start small, people. Start small. And when you don't do it, give yourself kindness. Start again the next day. That is all okay. And do habit stacking. I love talking about habit stacking. Yeah. What do you do every day? Well, I, I make a proper coffee, uh, which takes about 10 minutes. Great. You want to start journaling. How would that fit into your daily practice? Oh, well, I could put the journal next to my coffee machine so that when it's bubbling away, I can do some journaling for 10 minutes. Amazing. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels manageable. Brilliant. When are you going to start? You know, And then you've got this, this practice that starts to be stacked on top of something that you do without even thinking about every day. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, You just gave everyone a free coaching session there. Thank you very much. People take note and uh, send Ali gratitude and do something with it because that is a gift she's given you. I do the same with meditation, Ali, because people are extremely resistant to them. And I say, well, do you wash your dishes? Yes. Well, focus on how your hands feel. And that's meditation Uh, because of the habit stacking. I love it. Mindset, as we know, is all important. And I love all the facts you've brought forward today. Uh, You've also given me a lot. Those questions that went zinging, I'm going to journal on them. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Awesome. What would you like to close off with that you would like the audience to know, our audience to understand? Mindset is everything. And it's great that you even call this mindset alchemy. Mindset is absolutely everything. And when you were talking about 
the, the washing up, I think that's a wonderful idea, bringing us back into our bodies. A new practice that I've started and I am doing every day is tied into making the bed. So making the bed is a big, is a big thing for me. It marks my day. Um, it brings wellness and satisfaction. It shows it, it brings dopamine because it's got it's, you know, it's the feel good um, element because I, it's got a completion to it. So I've started doing affirmations, which is something I've on and off done. I've started doing affirmations as I'm making my bed. And it is great to to do that. It really starts off the day. So I would encourage people to look at, I guess how I want to finish off is look at what you do automatically every day and bring in something that brings you joy. Whether that is every time I brush my teeth, I'm going to just look out of that window and notice the bird or, or notice the dog walking down the street with its owner and how aligned they are or whatever it is be tuned into your senses and give yourself that five minutes every day that makes you part of this amazing universe <sighs> thank you that was wonderful I so appreciate you being here today Ellie thank you most welcome thank you for inviting me oh what a gift we I, I'm definitely going to do this again People, thank you for joining us. Please spread the word. This is a very important message Ali's bringing about, uh, bringing about, in fact, all of them. There were so many messages in this podcast. People, check out the show notes, check out the books, and have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. And remember, come and find me on social media and tell me, what you got out of this, where you can shift and change, and what it is you'd like to change to. If you'd like to work with me, reach out and let's chat. Have a great, glorious and phenomenal day. Bye-bye.